0: Welcome to the Marketing Star podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're gonna put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. We'll also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Amber Armstrong, chief marketing officer at LivePerson, about how conversational commerce brings brands and consumers close together. AJ nearly gets a free car wash, and Vincent is extraordinarily excited. Give it a listen.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is another episode of The Marketing Stir. We are already in season two. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the vice president of B2B products and partnerships here at Starista. Starista, let's get that out of the way. Who are we? Starista, we're an identity marketing company. We focus on helping clients target our data sets. We have a B2B data set, a B2C data set. We help them get new customers. We have our own technology. We have our own DSP. If you ever want to execute media on display, connected TV, email me at vincentatstrista.com. That is how confident I am that we could help. Oh, the other thing I'm confident about is our amazing listeners. And of course, my co-host, ladies and gentlemen, from San Antonio, the San Antonio Slayer himself, that's what we call him, you know that. Mr. AJ Gupta, what's going on?
0: Hey, Vincent. Right before the podcast started outside my office, there was this, uh, the parking lot looked like a water fountain, and my really? car was uh, parked right next to it, so I, I mean, I guess I was getting a free car wash, but I was getting a little bit worried before the podcast, but it looks like the uh, city has gotten the water under control now, so... Wow! So
1: was so that like something burst, like a yeah, it fire like hydrant? It. The water
0: was uh, pretty high up in the air. So
1: wow! Uh, See, that's so, the difference between San Antonio and New York City and Manhattan. There'll be kids out there uh, playing in the, <laughs> the fire hydrant. You know, you're over there calling a the police. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I was thinking maybe I'll have, need to make a run for it in the middle of the podcast.
1: So. oh that would be that would <laughs> that would be funny that would be funny why did AJ this
0: time on marketing stir
1: on the marketing stir yep oh man but uh i know there's plans soon dallas uh that's the the next trip for you and uh, so tell us about that we were talking about it on the podcast
0: yeah dallas is coming up tomorrow um We will be representing uh, San Antonio. We've got quite a few people from uh, Starista who play tennis. Um, And looks like I found out uh, San Antonio hasn't won the uh, Texas state tournament in about 25 years. So we would be uh, uh, making history if we end up winning.
1: That'd be amazing. So the next podcast after this listeners, you will know, depending on AJ's mood, if they won or not. So tune into that next right, episode. Yeah. If,
0: if I don't bring it up, you probably shouldn't. So.
1: I probably shouldn't. I, I've, <laughs> I've learned that from our relationship here on the marketing <laughs> stir and just as an employee, right? Only good news, only good news. And boy, am I happy because we have great news. This is the first type of company like this that we've had on the podcast. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this guest. We had reached out to this guest first because of her extensive background and then discovered that she's at a new company. I was like, oh, Awesome. That's, you know, we wanted you in general, Amber, but now we even know more about this new organization. I'd love to share with our listeners. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast the Chief Marketing Officer of Live Person, Amber Armstrong. What's going on, Amber?
2: Hey, Vincent. Hey, AJ. It's great to see you and so exciting to be here with you today.
1: We're so happy to. Have you? I, I told you, I, I you know my intros. I love to give that energy. I love to welcome the guest, and we're so happy to have you here. Amber, for those of the listeners out there, tell people about Live Person. And then I'd love to understand your duties as Chief Marketing Officer at the organization.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, Live Person is all about connecting brands and consumers. And we do that in a way that really helps the brands get closer to the consumers and makes it really efficient and effective for the consumers as well. The method we do is conversational commerce. And so the whole idea is that we connect consumers to be able to speak to brands through messaging as one of our main platforms, through channels of their choice, social media, you name it, we can we can connect them. And it's really exciting, right? Because then it, the interaction becomes on the consumer's timeframe, right? You can, you can text, just like you're texting a friend, you can message with the brands that are on our platform. So it's really exciting. It's an AI-based company. Um, I spent about six years of my career in AI. So it's a really natural flow for me to be able to bring and experience AI here with LivePerson.
1: Uh, yeah, and then a lot of your your previous experience at uh, at IBM, you were focused on marketing, specifically, like you said, in in the the AI, which which is such a niche. So uh, this is perfect for you there. But tell us, Amber, we always love to understand the journey. How does one get into marketing? We have a lot of um, marketing students and entry level. Uh, uh, executives out there who listen to our podcast and give us feedback love to know the journey uh, how you got into this business
2: yeah absolutely well you know at live person I have responsibility for all of the marketing activities so everything from brand and product marketing to performance marketing and inclusive and so it's it's really exciting to have that scope and everything I've done has been building up to that scope I'm actually in the 1% you and I were talking before the podcast. I'm actually in the 1% who went out and said, I want to be in marketing and have built a career on that. I did marketing undergrad, marketing in business school. I went to UNC Chapel Hill and have really focused my whole career on that path. I got great career advice early in my career to pick who you want to be when you grow up and just start collecting their skills. And so I did that as I joined IBM specifically. So when I got that, that feedback and I said, well, I of course want to be the most senior person in marketing. That's that's my, that's my path. Why would I not want that? And so I just started collecting all the different skills around IBM at the time and marketing. And it made me a really diverse and really versatile player to, to be able to take on different opportunities Um, And then, you know, it just, it went from, I started out in partner marketing and partner or in understanding how partners generate money and and revenues. And then I went into working for a company called Rational, which did a division called Rational, which did a lot of developer marketing. And so I got to really understand what that audience was on, was it was thinking about. And then I went to social and commerce marketing and got really deep in how you actually execute digital and really understanding the complexities of that, the technologies and starting to develop some of the martech that took on campaigns and events. And then ultimately a really exciting part of my career path is I was the chief of staff to Michelle Peluso who was the chief marketing officer at IBM at the time. And that was this amazing opportunity to get this exposure to someone who had a lot of external to IBM experience, who had been a CEO and really helped me think a lot more strategically, um, and then I brought that back to my first CMO role, where I was the CMO of Watson IoT. I then took on, in addition to the IoT business, the broader AI applications and blockchain business, and then I joined LivePerson about four months ago. Um, it's really interesting because we at LivePerson are very focused on AI. and We have our own AI that we've built out that is very unique in that way that it interacts with the um, the conversations that our brands are having with consumers. And we also are working in the crypto space. There's actually a press release that came out today, um, on some of the work we're doing around crypto, which ties into the blockchain background. So it's just really fortuitous that all of these things have been able to be kind of brought together for me to be able to be here at live person
0: what it's been like to start uh, kind of in the middle of the pandemic? Have you met your coworkers or have you been doing your orientation remotely? Would love to learn about that.
2: Yeah. So it's been, it's been a little of both. You know, when I came in at the very end of March, we were still pretty, pretty shut down. In May, however, as things started to open up, I flew to New York City. I have a big part of my team in New York City, not everyone, but a big part there. And we did outdoor happy hour. And I actually had the team bring in their partners, friends, spouses, whoever their plus one was for that, because I wanted it to be a get to know you event rather than just a, okay, everybody let's try to, you know, get to know the new boss kind of a thing. I wanted to get to know them as people. That was really, really fun. We had such a great, such a great evening and then in June, early June, I actually went and met with my peers and our CEO face-to-face. And then in July, we did as well. So it's been a mixture. It's mostly remote. Um, but having those little bits of face-to-face has been really, really cool.
0: Now, that goes a long way. I did the uh, exact same thing in uh, New York last week. We had acquired a company a couple of months ago, and I hadn't uh, met a lot of the people until uh, last week, so that was a great feeling. So what's kind of the marketing stack at LivePerson? Do you have favorite uh, marketing tools that you recommend?
2: Um, well, at LivePerson, we are using Salesforce Marketo as kind of the, the primary baselines. We've just purchased uh, Access to Six Sense and we're just really taking on an account-based marketing strategy. And so I I started working with account-based marketing during my time at IBM and did a lot of really fun, exciting things there. And now we're building that out here at LivePerson, which is really exciting because we will get to, we've spent a lot of time doing detailed work on the list and pulling that information together and pulling together a variety of sources and projecting our win rate for certain accounts and being able to prioritize along that. And now we're in the process of matching that with external data. And you also have a lot of solutions in that area and being able to match that with external data to do additional prioritization and then be, to be able to go out to market really intentionally with the count based marketing campaigns at a, a tiered approach.
1: And Amber, because we have a lot of listeners out there, what, what makes an ideal customer for a live person? What you know, certain uh, industries... You know, talk to us about that.
2: Yeah. So ideally, it's a brand that wants to really genuinely connect with their consumers. And it kind of happens to be into two buyers inside of those brands. So if it's, a, if, it's some, if it's a brand that's trying to buy or trying to build commerce opportunities, they want to help people find solutions faster, then we can help them with that. And there's also a set of people inside of those companies that are trying to figure out how to serve those clients better. And oftentimes what they're looking to do is they want to increase customer satisfaction, but they also want to reduce cost. And you know, messaging is a great way to be able to do both, both the additional drive of revenue as well as reducing cost because you can have your agents actually, there's a couple of really cool things from the cost side having your agents be able to handle multiple conversations at once because it's on the consumer's time and they're not having to just be in one single conversation at a time as a benefit. There's also a really cool benefit in that the agents, instead of spending their time just talking to to clients, they're actually training the AI. And that's a really cool career opportunity for, for the agents as well.
1: And and I wanted to talk to you about that because I, I you know, our research, our crack team here. Uh, there's a bit of new acquisition uh, for Live Person to help brands with self serve with AI. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we just purchased a company called Ebot Seven, and they are based out of Germany. And they have a really great tech that is, is more towards the mid-market. You know, our solution is known to be great for enterprises, untouched for enterprises, right? We have the, the complexity. If you want a really trusted solution that can do a really complex uh, capability, then, then Live Person is exactly it. That can also be turned to more of the upper-end of mid-market. And we have some clients that use it, you know, even at really small companies. But what we found with eBot7 is that we're able to use their technology to help people do an easier on-ramp, a lot more speed. They also have a really good go-to-market footprint in EMEA. And so, by uh, acquiring them, we've acquired their sellers who are very skilled in this space and also their marketing team, which I'm really excited about.
0: Amber, so your ideal clients are, the, I guess, will be a mixture now of enterprise and mid-market. Is that a way, yeah. a way to look at it?
2: Yeah, a mixture of enterprise and mid-market, but also, you know, you, I'm sorry, I didn't answer this, Vincent. You asked about the industries that we really see a lot of traction in, uh, retail, financial services, travel, transportation, um, it, you know, anything along those lines are, are very, very telco, you know, anything where it's a high volume of conversations between a brand and consumer. And I know
0: LifePerson is a pretty good, well-known brand, so I'm sure there's a lot of organic leads that come in, but are there certain channels that you're focused on, like a Google AdWords, where you see a lot of new customers coming from?
2: Yeah, we do lots of paid search and, and trying to, I think if when I think of paid search, I think of it as really trying to hit someone later funnel. Right. They're already out there searching and they're they're trying to find a solution to a problem that they have. And so we want to be able to meet them with the right assets. When I think of the broader work we need to do on account based marketing, there is it starts with awareness. Right. And so being able to do some of the things you were mentioning earlier, Vincent, about placing display ads out to target audiences and starting to really engage them and give them awareness to the solutions. Um, I I love LinkedIn. I don't know if you all saw the the LinkedIn revenue results are off the charts from from an investment perspective and what they're seeing in the market. Um, But I think LinkedIn has has had really good results from us, lots of awareness and demand gen coming in through there as well. And in the pandemic, it's been really interesting both at IBM and uh, now at LivePerson to really figure out how do we engage people remotely in in real conversations. And so we have a whole series of things we're doing around um, uh, roundtables and one-on-one seller interactions that, you know, we've had mixed success across different industries and across different customer types. Um, Definitely a good way for us to be able to get sellers talking to clients remotely.
1: And also, I don't know if that is the same thing I'm going to ask you about now. But you know, I'm 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 a news guy. I'm on LinkedIn a lot, so I also saw that there's a new partnership with Adobe, and that's uh, you know it's kind of around new ways to measure different conversations. Is that uh, is that what you were referring to? If not, can you elaborate on that new partnership?
2: Yeah. So with, with Adobe, we have a solution that ties into our next best conversation. And so we can pull in the Adobe data with our solution and be able to say, okay, this person has this history in Adobe and this pers- this history in our solution and marry those intents so that you can recommend an offer to that audience in a really thoughtful and intentful way.
1: I love it. And also, for Starista, different conferences, trade shows were a big way to market ourselves. You know, we, I think the last one we attended was March of 2020 at, um, live ramp. And then, you know, now we're just starting to at least sign up for some that are in person. Was that a big part of what live person did? It it was that, and is that something that is on the docket for you and your team, Amber?
2: Yeah, it was a huge part of what this team did. And it was one of the things, the most exceptional things that this team did. I have not yet had the pleasure attending one of our face-to-face events, but I have heard about the epicness of them. So I can't wait till we get back to that. I think we are all so eager to get together and, you know, AJ, I'm just up the road from you in Texas. Um, and, and there's, you know, there's lots of great opportunities to do these things here in Austin, which would be really exciting. Uh, we have, we're, we're deciding right now if we're going to try to do an event in fourth quarter face-to-face. Uh, it's still a little bit of a question mark. I think Delta variant has, has brought in more questions than answers on this so far. What we are doing though, we've done, I guess two of them so far, and we have two more coming up pretty immediately, is small group, very intimate dinners. And we're doing those outdoors and with Michelin star chefs and really making a really nice experience. Um, But we've seen really, really great uptake on those events. So we're finding people are interested in getting back together, a small group, but we're just not quite sure on how ready people are going to be able to travel. You know, they're also, you just saw um, the restrictions in New York where they're requiring vaccines to go in restaurants. And I'm sure that's going to impact hotels and others. And so, it all adds a level of complexity that you know we're still trying to evaluate. As I imagine, most of the listeners are.
0: Well, Amber, I had no idea you were this close to us. So yeah. I would be, I would be happy to participate on the in these dinners. They sound great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just invited himself on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is I the first.
0: <laughs> uh, so Amber, are there any kind of exciting new solutions or services that are being planned? Uh, that you can share publicly?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot going on with us from a marketing audience perspective. And so when you think of Live Person historically, we've primarily worked on the care side of the business. So the customer service side of the business, where we're really expanding is on the marketing side. And as we expand into that, there's some solutions that we have that are, I think, really, really unique. You've all heard that, you know, this, we're going to live in this cookie-less world and third-party cookies are going away. And that, that's inevitable no matter what time frame it happens. One of the great things though about conversational commerce is that when a person comes into your site, engages with you via messaging, that's intentful. That's also consentful. So they're telling you what they want to talk about so you can personalize. And they're also giving you consent to talk back to them. And so it's a first party data source that we think is just really, really impactful. We just did a, an early June, we just did a session where we talked about this. We also brought in some of our agency partners to talk about how they're helping clients start to navigate this. You know, Our belief is that if we can connect brands directly with consumers, they can c- continually improve those experiences for consumers based on the what consumers want right not it's it's different than in a cookie world where you're predicting what consumers want you have to really activate and ask consumers what they want and really understand it but through conversation you can do that you know it's it's really exciting alongside of the capabilities we have for marketers is an ability to interact with clients in social in a way that's really, really meaningful, tying it into some of the agents that you have and helping them be more, more resourceful. Next best conversation, which we talked about. And so presenting using your Adobe data to, and your live person data to be able to present really meaningful intent fill offers to your, your clients as well. And another thing we have that I think is just it's a really unique use case for the platform is in display advertising. So rather than doing a display ad and dropping your client into the website and have to kind of navigate around and figure out, is this what I want or not? You can actually drop them into a chat and you can actually start to directly interact with them, figure out what they want, and then navigate them through the conversion process. And we see clients using this and it's a tremendous, tremendous increase in conversion over just general display ads.
0: And this is kind of our staple question that we like to ask at marketing stir. And the question is around LinkedIn. So you mentioned, you know, you guys are using a lot for LinkedIn and I'm sure you're also on the receiving end in terms of the number of messages you get as a CMO title. So would love to know what's kind of a pet peeve for you when you're getting a message that you really dislike. And then on the other hand, what's something that gets you to respond to a message?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, my least favorite is not sure if you've seen my last email or, you know, I hope you're handling things well during the pandemic. And I'm like, I you know, I don't know you. I don't want to talk to you about... (laughs) They like how well my kids are doing during the pandemic. And, you know, oh, my least favorite, least, least, least favorite is I haven't heard back from my previous outreach. And I just think that really comes with some arrogance that because they reach out to me, I'm they're expecting that I respond. And if I did that, not, I would not get anything else done over my day. And I have three words that I really associate with my. With my personality, my brand, and focused, passionate, and kind, I can't be focused if I'm letting everyone else drag me in whatever direction they want to drag me, right? And I'm very passionate about the things that I do and how I'm spending my time and making sure it's really moving things forward. But I also don't ever want to, do it. so you know, I, I try to try to really maintain that. And rather than reflying back and saying, "Please just stop." I just, you know, kind of, kind of let it go. I guess um, sometimes it will reply back and say, please remove. Um, I always do appreciate when there's actually an opt out in that. Um, Cause I think it's just, it's just nice to be able to say, you know, we can all be a little more efficient with our time. What I love though. And, you know, something that's worked just incredibly well with me is when someone has actually done some research on the kinds of challenges I'm trying to solve And they come in and say, hey, I I heard on this podcast that you're working on account marketing. I have this solution that might be interesting for you to know about because of this, this, right? And, And they give you some really tangible examples. And I think it also can come across as so much more confident, right? It's like, it's not about chasing me to respond to an email. It's about, hey, I've got something that's great for you. Let's talk about it. And they have to know that it's great for me, right? And that requires a little, a little extra work. But I, I love when someone reaches out like that and we've have lots of, as I've you know, come into a new organization we've opened up new agency relationships and all of those relationships have either been through a referral of someone that I trust or through a really targeted outreach where it's presented a value prop that was very clearly associated with what I needed.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, you know, the, the, the first part of that it does mimic a lot of what uh, our, our guests say. But that last part, is, I like that. It's very, very specific. That's unique to, to, to you. And, and I think that is something that people should take into consideration. For me, I'll, I tend to get back to someone if, there, if it's an in-mail. I know those are like those cost credits. And I'm like, OK, but in-mail makes it very easy where there's like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. And, and and so that is, you know, we teach our our salespeople here. It's like if if you know if that you get to the no, that's also good. At least you know that they're not interested. You you did, um, but yeah, those ones where it's like, hey, did I do something to offend you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like it's did I do something to offend you? Like no, you don't even know me. Like I, that's no. How did how could you offend me if I don't even know you? But um, so Amber, I wanted to talk about. The future, right? The future, uh, I think it's great because I think a lot of brands need to get closer to their customers, need to understand. I always feel more welcome that someone's reaching out to me, someone gets back to me. It feels like a, a human interaction, I've said before, I'm pretty spoiled because I live in New York City and, and you could come to one of our dinners instead of inviting, AJ just invited himself. You come to one of our dinners here next time we in New York, we'll have you at that. Uh, but so the process, I'm in New York. So those the, I get that those stores, they're really big. But I think if you don't have a store, if you're e-commerce, if you're not, not a, a brick and mortar, you really need to also have a close connection. So my question is, especially since last year happened, are you seeing more industries get into this? Really put it on their plans of like, okay, we need a better strategy. What have you been seeing in that? And what are you hoping to see?
2: Yeah, we see we see lots of companies coming online and thinking about things really differently. One of the largest jewelry retailers out there had, this. she's this amazing story, Where, you know, when you buy jewelry, you go into the mall and you, you know, talk to someone, you try something on and you, you kind of consult with them. And, you know, when mall shut down, they had to figure out a different approach. And so they basically opened up virtual agents that all connected via messaging. And it's been so incredibly successful that they're like, oh, this is just a part of our norm now. And we can do this, and they're they're finding they're able to make those connections continue for longer, right? So they now are able to say, hey, it's Mother's Day, you know, have you thought about this? And we know that you purchased something for your wife recently, and they can do a lot more kind of customization around those things. So it's brought in some higher end retailers, as an example, that maybe wouldn't have thought of messaging previously. We also work with companies that are, you know, the big box uh, home retailers, that sort of thing, right? And they're finding that people want to get questions answered really quickly. There's also an opportunity, you mentioned the, you know, the the big stores to do virtual assistance inside of the stores, right? And there's some really cool capabilities that we can do in that environment so that you don't have to actually interact with, with someone face-to-face if you don't want to, and you can still get a very personalized experience in-store.
1: And another question we like to ask, because a lot of people are listening or in marketing, they're always curious to kind of see the team structure, right? What are some key positions that you have underneath you? Oh, yeah, You know, what comes to mind is a lot of, you know, there's new positions like growth, there's demand generation positions that demand gen, you know, that wasn't something that was maybe around 12, 15 years ago. So what are some of your, you know, the, the structure look like, you know, on your team?
2: Yeah. So I will do a little bit of a shameless plug. We are hiring a lot of roles actually. So I've got about 15 roles open on the team right now, not because everyone's leaving us, but because they've invested 30% more dollars and 30% more, um, more headcount as well. This just happened to work out to 30% each, but so really excited because we have a lot of roles open. The kind of roles that I'm hiring for right now and the way our team is set up is we're divided into a content, a content organization which manages a lot of our general assets and our branding product marketing organization. That's really working towards our strategy, lining up with the product team and the sales team to make sure we're all rowing in the same direction and then finally a performance marketing team that is handling all the general worldwide execution. And that's to say now finally, it's our field marketing organization. And so that team goes out and works on working really closely with the sellers in each of the markets. Then across all of that, and some this is always how it's organized in all companies but in our company I also have responsibility for communication so all of our press and general outreach like what you and I talking here today that's all organized by my team as well
1: that's awesome and now what's one other point I just want to add to that it's uh so yeah if people are out there and you want live person uh you know become a customer of theirs mention the podcast if you're looking for a job and you're qualified in marketing you mentioned the podcast. Go ahead, AJ. Sorry. I just got a little... yeah, that was a first. That's a first in the marketing stir where p- people are like, oh man, people bought my book. I got some new customers out of this, po- you know, a job that would be, that would be a first. So sorry. Got excited, uh, I, AJ. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I know there's some podcasts where you can uh, type in like the uh, podcast name to get a discount for diapers and all that kind of stuff. So we could uh, have that in the referral partnership with live person in the job application, put Vincent, that's yeah. <laughs> the code. The, use
1: yeah, code, use say. code Vincent. No, I'm kidding, don't use
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We should, we should figure that out. That would be great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amber, so what's kind of been, uh, you, you were at IBM for a long time and uh, coming into a new role. What's the transition been like for you personally
2: Yeah, it's been, it's been really great. It's um, you know, there's there, the thing I've learned is that um, we can move really quickly in any organization. If we're all aligned, the words that I use for marketing here at live person back to my three, three word thing is aligned, agile, and aspirational. And, As I'm leading our strategy, I'm really focused on how do we align across the sales and the marketing organization with the product team. Account-based marketing is a big part of that, right? Picking our accounts and only going after those accounts aside from paid search and some third-party type of engagements. And then on the Agile, we are going to start, as we ramp up the team, moving into Agile marketing, executing in sprints. And then the last one is on this aspirational. And so we're working through kind of company positioning, really how we tell our customer stories in a way that really makes them all heroes. Um, And so it's, it's really exciting to kind of say, okay, this is how we're going to roll out our marketing strategy. And it's all about... When we get more resources in and we're able to speed our execution around that, um, I think there is a lot of differences from the companies um, in, in how they kind of go out to market. And you know, and, and IBM and a business unit, even though it was a very big business unit that I was that I was in, um, you often would you know you have to kind of work across this broader portfolio. And you can't all go, and you think of IBM's huge, you can't all go and tell competing stories to the same audiences. In this situation, you know, we can go, we can, we can really own our audience and really be the one face out to those audiences. So it's been really exciting from, from that perspective. And it's, there's a couple of things here that are just insanely fast. You talked about LinkedIn as an example, and it used to take a long time to get kind of a LinkedIn campaign together. And so I was kind of expecting a couple of weeks to kind of get something going on this. And the team turned it around in a day and I was just like, did that really happen? That's amazing, <laughs> right? It's so it's so great. So you can be really nimble. And then there are other areas where you don't have the big, big machine behind you. And so you have to kind of, it takes a little bit longer to get some of those things done where the big machine might've supported it in a bigger company.
0: Well, that's great. That all makes sense. What's been kind of a personal shining moment for you in the uh, last couple of years?
2: Hmm. A personal shining moment in the last couple of years. Well, I have one coming up here soon. My stepdaughter starts college uh, and she's leaving in about a week. We're really excited for her. Um, and I actually got married at, at just about a little over two years ago. So, so that's nice. pretty pretty exciting as well. Um, but I think from a um you know from a business perspective, there's a few things that that I'm really proud of. And one is the way that I've been able to lead and build teams during the pandemic. There has never been a more challenging management point and and certainly in my career. And, um, the way that I focused on it, and I'm sure I didn't do it perfectly, but the way that I focused on it was by really trying to connect with the teams and understand kind of where they are to normalize the fact that it was all really crazy and hard and that we were going to kind of just step through it together and continually keep kind of open, open conversation. Um, and I got great feedback from the team and how we did that. We changed our communication processes and really had a lot more frequent, very short bursts of communication. Um, And I think there's still things we still miss in this kind of pandemic world. We still miss some of those face-to-face and get-to-know-you kind of things that you get around the coffee cooler, right? Or the the water cooler and kind of grabbing coffee together. Um, So I think there's still work to do on that, but I'm pretty proud of how we've managed across that at both organizations.
1: Uh, Amber, what school is uh, your stepdaughter going to?
2: Uh, University of New Mexico. She has a family out there and wants to be a a lot closer to them. So she's very excited.
1: Nice, nice. Give them a shot out there. And then, Amber, just with the last few minutes here, what do you like to do for fun? What what movies you've been into, what TV shows, books, what do you love doing? We love to get down to the TV nitty gritty here on (laughs) the, the podcast.
2: I've seen a lot more TV during the pandemic than ever in my whole life, uh, but I, uh, I love Handmaid's Tale. Uh, my husband can't watch it, but I really love that one. Um, my husband and I've watched, we watched Ozarks Beginning to End. I've not watched yet watched that. the native Ted Lasso. But Me
1: neither. I, I was just talking to my wife about it. I think she just got like a free year of Apple TV. So I'm like, how'd you get that? And we're going to watch it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to watch Ted Lasso. Um, during the pandemic, my husband and I have watched all 15 seasons of Criminal Minds.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the first that we've heard that you, you went back. You went, you went back. It was, hey, it's a, on for 15 years for a reason.
2: Yeah. It's, but it's interesting when you go back and you see what was being shown on TV 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, it does not pass muster in no. today's world. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I also like going back and seeing, like I, my, my wife's making me watch Gilmore Girls right now. Uh, who am I kidding? It was my choice. But um, you see people, you're like, oh my goodness, that, that actor's like super famous now. Oh my goodness, what was that person doing on this? So yeah, what what about other things for fun? What What are some of your hobbies? Yeah.
2: So I, I love to cook. Um, I've been to 46 countries and I did an exercise where I mastered dishes from all of those countries. And so, um, yeah, I love, love cooking. Um, I also love traveling. I look forward to getting back to doing that. And during pandemic, one of the things that I did, I used to do triathlons a while back and I kind of got out of the habit of it. Um, it's a big, pretty big time commitment. Um, what I do now though, is I just make sure I run at least a mile every day. And I find that, that, you know, it's not, it's not hard to do, right? It's, it's short, short commitment, short time period. Um, I often will do more than that, but in making sure that I get out there and do that every day, it's really, really helpful for me mentally, physically, just kind of keeping things going. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I cook various dishes. I travel. I run uh, a mile and I'm planning on going to Krispy Kreme after uh, the day to bring home donuts for my children and me. Who am I kidding? <laughs> uh, that is amazing. Amber, any final thoughts, any closing thoughts you want to leave us with?
2: No, I mean, thank you so much for having me. You've got just a great podcast. I'm excited to hear feedback from the audience and questions. So, you know, certainly let me know as things come in. I'd be happy to to engage more, Um, but really appreciative of both of you for having me on today.
1: Absolutely. No, we loved having you. Thank you for sharing your experience in marketing at IBM and more importantly at LivePerson. I love the things you're already doing and, and you're looking forward to seeing the future there as you just, you know, getting your feet wet, just, you know, getting your hand, uh, getting in the weeds there. We loved having you. That's the chief marketing officer of LivePerson, Amber Armstrong. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been the Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir@stirista.com. at
0: And thanks for listening.